We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hi there, and welcome to the Strong by Design podcast show. This is your host today, Coach Chris Wilson, and I am sitting here at Podcast Movement 2019 in lovely, rainy, thundery storm Orlando, and I just met someone here that was up on stage a few hours ago and had something to share with the audience, and I said to myself, you know, that would be a good person to have as a guest on our show, and I made sure I reached out to her very quickly and consumed one of her episodes just to kind of get to know her voice a little bit, and I'm so happy to have you here on the show, Melissa. Her name is Melissa Monty with the Mind Love Podcast Show, so thank you for being on the Strong by Design Show today. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, now, and, and this is new territory for you, right, because you typically do all of your content out of your home uh, through Skype. Yeah, I have been on other shows in a live setting before, but I have not personally set it up. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay, got you, got you. Uh, And this is, you know, the luxury we have with the headsets is at least we can be in a room with other people and and people can still hear us pretty well. (laughs) And the audio will be uh, at at least, uh, you know, good enough quality for us to uh, get this uh, rolling. But you had... uh, an episode not that long ago with a topic that I find intriguing because I was scrolling through uh, a list of of your guests and a list of your your episodes and I stopped on this one and I said, that's the one I want to listen to. I want to know a little bit more about that because I I find it fascinating myself and I know our listeners will as well because we love to dive into all things mind, body, and, and spirit, right? And some of our guests you know, really focus in on one of those three, some kind of we hit on all three uh, categories. But this in particular is about our over-pleasing nature in society today where we just don't say no enough. And I wanted to to kind of dig deeper into this topic with you just because you're kind of doing, all your episodes are kind of some way talking about these mental shifts, these mindset changes that people need to have in their life in order for growth to live a better life, to live a fuller life, a more fulfilling life. And so, um, but before we get to that point, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about your story maybe and what's brought you to this point with such a successful show here in just the last year and a half? Yeah, well, Basically, I had a pretty charmed life growing up, and it wasn't until my teens that anything bad really happened, and then I was just hit by trauma after trauma after trauma. I lost a friend to suicide. I lost my dad. I was sexually assaulted twice, and I just didn't know how to deal with any of this. And so I went off to college, and I spiraled. I was binge drinking, doing any drug that anybody handed me, really, and I developed a really heavy eating disorder. And then I got into uh, an emotionally abusive relationship that almost ruined my life. And so I was a mess. And I basically had to start somewhere if I wanted to fix my life. I realized that 
I had done a lot of research before. Like I've always been interested in learning. I had this idea that I had more potential than I was learning or than I was using at that time. So that was helpful for me. I didn't have a, I didn't think that I was going to end up rock bottom. And so I knew that was my first sign that I needed to get out of that because it didn't feel like me. I still had hope or potential in some way. And so I started reading and learning about things and I started to realize the incredible role of the mind on everything that you do, including your body, including your success, health, everything. And the more I learned, the more I was intrigued, the more I wanted to learn. And so basically starting my podcast happened a few years later. I had kind of gotten myself together, but I started going back to all of the things that interest me at some point, like lucid dreaming or um, meditation and what the mind plays on even weight loss or what, what, how we uh, improve our physicality and things like that. And so I realized every single thing came back to the mind. And I started to just pick off topics based on episodes. So every episode that I've done really has something to do with myself, what actually I needed at a given time in my life or that I'm currently needing right now. And so it's a really fun way to do a podcast where I'm like, well, you know, I have this urge to people, please. So let me find the absolute best best person on that topic and bring them on the show. And it's so cool to be able to talk to the number one expert in some area if you're not getting good enough sleep. And it's like, who is the best sleep doctor I can find right now? Oh, this person's been on Dr. Oz 40 times. Let me have, have him. Yeah. And so it's been really, really fun. That's awesome. And if there's one takeaway I got from today, and I got a lot. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a crazy note taker. Uh, one of the, the topics that was alarming uh, to me uh, was that passion is what really fuels a terrific podcast, not monetizing one mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, creating this content from a, a, a real genuine desire to learn more about it, a real curiosity for it. And I think that's what separates the amazing and great podcasters from the ones that just are struggling and not able to, they, they don't really know uh, you know, which direction they want to move in, you know, whereas the, the real super passionate person is, is hungry. And what, like you, like wa- wants to know from the best of the best, like about a certain thing. And, and that really just leads to uh, content. I think that the listeners are like, they can feel it. It resonates more with them. They can, they can tell that the host of the show is like desperately searching for answers or inspired by this, by this guest or, you know, what, whatever the case is, but the, you know, the, the time and the prep is all from a place of, uh, of, of uh, an urge or a desire to learn more and find out more. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what we try to do on our show as well in, in all these different areas, right? Being, being, uh, you know, strong in your mind, in your body, in your spirit and, and trying to, focus on all these things in your life it's really hard right because in life it's it's like a, a juggling act right it's hard to keep all the balls up in the air it's easy to like get good at, at one area of your life while the others are kind of slipping mm-hmm. so it sounds like you know in, in the past what just not even quite two years you've been able to just uh fuel this this passion that you have uh, for finding out just that much more about the w- way the mind moves the body and the way the body moves the mind and the, that relationship. 
Yeah. And I think also when you open up and you share the things that you're learning in real time, like I, I do, I share a lot of things. Like I am pretty vulnerable on my podcast. I share the things that people find shameful or embarrassing or whatever. And the biggest thing I've learned through doing that is how connected we all really are and how these little things that we're holding on to that's eating us, eating away at us inside are what really bonds us all. And whenever I share something that even I am kind of like, should I be saying this right now? I get an outpour of people reaching out. And so now I know, well, if this is something that I'm struggling with, then of course it's going to connect with people. And so fueling with your own passion first is so helpful. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you find our show helpful in any way, please let us know by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Your review will help us reach more listeners and continue to change lives. Let's get back to the show. None of us are an island, right? Our problems are everybody's problems, essentially, right? To, to different degrees and different stages of our life, right? And uh, you can be a huge help to someone who was, was where you were, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, whatever, whatever it is, when you were going through your low, dark moments, you know, and think about all the growth and guidance that you can, you can be that voice that they can, while they're in their car, you know, driving to work, you know, you're reassuring them or just making them feel like you got this, like you're going to get through this. This is how you can do it. This is how I did it. And I, you know, that's the beauty of, of, of podcasting is that there, there's a podcast show for every person in the world. Like if you, if there's something that you're searching for, just keep looking because it's, it's out there because there's new ones every day, you know, popping up. And, uh, you know, so we're all fighting, obviously, for for airtime. Uh, but I, I wanna, I do wanna go into this this people pleasing thing and and this this being more assertive in our life and being more confident in the way we live our our day to day, with the way we we respond to people. Um, talk a little bit maybe about that uh, that suppression of of like of our our de- desires and our wants and our needs to and just doing what what others uh what we feel others want from us or will make them happy well what i have realized because i did this for years Mm. and part of my story was the whole time reaching outside of myself trying to fill some never-ending void and that never worked and i think what most people do if they don't get really clear on the things that they want which It's not really their fault because we're not taught these things. And so what happens is we're fed these images in the media and we're scrolling through Instagram and seeing these perfect shapes or these other ads for these new laptop bags because our phone probably heard us say something to a friend earlier that (laughs) day. (laughs) That's the scary part of it, right? The phone's listening to us. Yeah. And then we go to school that's just very standardized and like the whole time we're hearing what we should want or creating these ideas of what is actually coveted by somebody else. And we don't take that time to learn about ourselves enough. And it took me about a year into my podcast to realize, what is this all coming down to? It's more than the power of the mind. It's our relationship with ourself. And how many of us sit there and spend time before we start doing a lot of work on ourselves to sit there and say, what really lights me up? What are my triggers? What are the things I hate doing? 
We don't really. We just do the next thing and we say yes to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So I have found for me, what's really helped my people pleasing because I hate disappointing people (laughs) is getting really clear on the things that are important to me first and taking time doing that, like journaling. When were the five times in my life that I was the happiest? What did those things have in common? When were the times that I couldn't stand to be in that room What was going on? How did that make me feel? What values did these come down to? And the more that I did that, the more I realized that I could design a life around these things and say no to the things that I don't like. But how many times do you say yes to something and you don't realize how much you hate it until it's already happening? (laughs) You're absolutely right. You're just in the moment. You're like, here I am again. Yeah. You're like, I don't like this. Why did, how did I get myself into this? But if you had spent time writing that down or acknowledging it in whatever way works for you, then you would start to have these little triggers to know what to say no to. Additionally, Sometimes you end up saying yes to a lot of things that you don't dislike. It sounds fun or whatever, but it's not necessarily moving you forward. The more you get clear on the things that you do want to accomplish and the things that do move you forward, the easier it's going to be to automatically recognize those and say no, because you have a mission. You have crap to do. You know what I mean? Like You have stuff to do and you don't have time for that stuff. But if you don't figure those things out for yourself, then Really, most of us are just trying to fill the time, trying to divert the attention away from ourselves long enough to not feel those uncomfortable feelings that come up in the day to day. Right. I love that you brought up, you know, journaling or logging your your feelings and asking yourself those big questions. It's one thing to think about things from time to time. It's another thing to sit down and consciously make an effort to write it. Mm. And then to go back and read it. Um, I I actually have done a lot of journaling over the years. I mean, it started, geez, back in high school, I think, just logging like workouts, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're like an exercise nut, that's a great way to start at least like writing about like what you did for physical activity or what you ate that day. Like maybe that's a good place to start. You know, I'm not really much of a diary person, you know, maybe the, the listener's thinking, but write down maybe if there's something that you you want to see some change in or fix your your diet or fix your activity a little bit start to write about that a little bit like what you did today or yesterday and then maybe that'll lead to you know more things like the bigger questions but i have years and years of just my thoughts and my feelings on things and you know sometimes i think want to be neat when this book that my kids don't know i have is filled and and they they come across it maybe when i'm old and gray or you know at some later stage of my life i just kind of give it to my son or my daughter and say this this tells you a lot about daddy these this is like daddy's thoughts and feelings like what a neat connection for them to like feel like they got inside dad's head like yeah. things that were important or touched his heart and what a just a neat way to connect with people so maybe think about that not only is it helping you but it might really give i mean it, I'm kind of an open book. I don't know if if you're like this or not. I am. I, okay. I heard, I know you said in your one of your podcast ep- episodes you you're like an ex- extrovert, but you're maybe more more ambivert or whatever it is. Where yeah, you, I go outside and I'm real big, and yeah. then I retreat inside and I need to recover. <laughs> yeah, and because I enjoy that, I'm the same way. I think I'm I'm ambivert or whatever. You know, yeah. where I I love to be in, in in groups and I love to socialize and be you know laughing and enjoying you know that that. Um, 
back and forth and the hugging and the handshakes and all that stuff. But I, and I like the downtime and I like the, the, the time to work on myself, you know, do something on my, on my own, go to the beach or go rollerblading or just be in my own element, you know. But it's, it, it's so important for growth to put that time in, whether it's in the morning or, or at the end of the day, whatever time works for you, to think about these those big those big um, goals or those big you know f- dreams that you have and, and log those down and and put some effort into yourself and yeah. not be so focused on everyone else's you know, perceptions and feelings about you. I know a lot of this comes down to our life as children. Right, these feelings that we have that are either, you know, um, shut down or praised by our by our parents or or our peers, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe talk a little bit about that, like you know, kind of kind of uncovering and, and and digging deep into like your past to be able to break have these breakthrough moments. Yeah, I mean, I was an only child. I did get stepbrothers when I was uh, only about four years old, and they were younger than me. But I was still very much an only child. Like, they were with us half the time, and they went to their moms half the time, and they were really big troublemakers. They still are, honestly. (laughs) And so I was my mom's only daughter, and they kind of gave her a lot of of hard times during that time. So I I very much grew up as an only child, and um, I was praised for a lot of things. And it did give me a lot of confidence. I'm also very much reward-driven or, like, those those motivational words help me a lot. I'm not the kind of person where you're like, I don't think you can do that. And I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm like, "Mm, I can't. (laughs) Now now it's changed, but that's not always how I didn't like that. And so I would just be like, I'm not doing anything with you. I'll do it over here for somebody else, (laughs) you know? And so um, that definitely happened. Uh, But I think, I think there were a lot of things that I was kind of not necessarily sheltered from, just not a lot of bad things happened. And so, I didn't necessarily develop those those traits of resilience as much as I should have. However, I was put in this class called Confident Kids that was like a Girl Scouts alternative, but it was put on with the church that I grew up going to, and uh, it was all about getting kids in touch with, with their feelings. And I swear, I still, I learned from that, and it's it shaped a lot of how I deal with people and the way I listen to people and... I automatically try to empathize where I think I really did develop it at that time. And it was when I was 11. And so it was still at a very, an age where my brain and my behavior was forming. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you're enjoying today's show, please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. I was involved in a lot of stuff around that age as well, like youth group and stuff in church. And, and I was involved in some cool stuff in, in high school. And I was always like a, a, so, a social kind of guy. You know, I was trying to be everybody's friend. I wanted everybody to like me. And I know there's a lot of people that are like that, you know. But um, those absolutely were a nice um, a way to connect with other people and at least have some heart to heart and some deep conversation about your feelings and stuff. And, and that connectedness I think is really what helped me. I mean, I had two great older brothers and and a very loving mother and a very difficult father. But I think because of 
the support and the strength I got at home from my brothers and my mom paired with some of these other groups that I was, you know, involved with, it absolutely led to like, you know, good, good things in my later teens and and early twenties where I was starting to at least make smart decisions as as stupid as I could be at times, you know, where I could overcome some of these issues and really kind of live for myself and do what I wanted to do and not, you know, kind of living for, for others and, 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 doing what pleased others all the time. I did realize that because my parents got a divorce before I was one, but I got an amazing stepdad at the age of four, but he wasn't very, or they technically married at seven, but he wasn't very, um, like if I asked for something, he'd be like, ask your mom. And so that was one thing that I've just been kind of really digging into now is that I realized that I had this overwhelming desire to like, basically get that sort of attention or that that feeling of family with men that I never really felt. There was always like a a disconnect. And so when I'd make male friends, I would be overly eager compared to my female friends or in relationships, give, give, give. And my life would just kind of melt away and I'd melt into their life and be doing everything. And then about a year in, I'd get resentful that I had lost everything important to me. So that's, that was something I definitely had to work through too. Yeah. That's something that uh, I've thought a lot about um, just in, on both sides of it. Um, certainly from the perspective of a, of a woman, and now that I have a daughter, I think about like the, the, the male figures in her life, you know, and me being the most influential, right? And I'm like, because, you know, my wife had her own struggles from like her parents' divorce when she was very young, just like you, a baby, really, right? And she didn't. Oh, didn't have that kind of like security and that 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 what a what a father's supposed to represent for, yeah. for a young person, you know. And I and I think like I got to nail this for my, for my daughter. Like Aww. that's my responsibility, you know. I got to teach my son how to how to be a man and how to treat a woman, how to how to treat your you know uh, your mom, right? How to treat a lady. But I got to teach my daughter like how a woman's supposed to be treated and loved, loved on and made to feel special and strong and all those qualities that we want in a woman, you know? And I'm like, it's just, it's uh, so much as parenting, right? I mean, we, we're the most influential thing in, in a child's life until they're off to college. I mean, whether you have a close relationship with your, your kids or you don't, uh, whoever's listening you are the biggest influence. So, and then you have to balance that out. Like I did develop a lot of traits because I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. And they are some of my favorite things about myself, like my resourcefulness or my Mm -hmm. independence or my ability to just float around. I can go to a new town and make friends so easily. And so I think there's something to be said about even when you are a strong family unit, think, well, is there anything that this this is missing? Say we weren't together like this, what would they develop and how else can I give that to them? Right. And always looking for the other side, what right. might be lacking because I have, <laughs> I was just talking to a friend and something about this made me laugh but I was just saying these things that I realized about like not having that firm father figure and she's like, <laughs> she's like, well, sometimes I think that because my father figure was so strong that I 
kind of took the submissive female role. I watched this play out and, and I rely on men too much and things like that. And I was like, interesting. I've never really thought of that other side before. And so yeah. there's always a balance, no yeah. matter what your situation. No, there, there is. And obviously there's a time and place to <laughs> kick your kids out of the nest too, yeah. right? And be like, go make some mistakes. Go fail a little bit. Yeah. Pick yourself up. And I'm not always going to be there for you to, to wipe your, clean off your knees and, 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 Come give you a hundred dollar <laughs> bill and pay you know pay your rent and do all that. But if stuff. you want to, hand it over. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, I'm, I'm not, I won't say no. So, uh, but that no, that's great insight too because you know it's like obviously I feel I feel that's my responsibility as a dad is to be the best dad I can be, right? But on on, on at what point am I not letting? you know, the, the, the child and we're years away from when my daughter's only four years old, you know, and I have a son that's about to be eight, but, uh, you know, when do you, you know, kind of give them like a little push, you know, to, to go out, out into the world and let them know that, you know, not mommy and daddy aren't going to be here forever. And you got to be resilient. You got to be resourceful. I love, I love that word because I think that word nowadays is that much more, uh, of an issue than it used to be. Yeah. I feel like kids back in the 40s, 50s, 60s were much more resourceful than they, than they are today. Uh, yes or no. Because right now, I look at it, people give millennials a lot of crap, right? Yeah. Because of all these, yes. all, the, all the reasons that we all know. But I look at it where, you know, we're redefining th- a lot of things. We have more access to not only information, but to creating our own stuff. And so we're just not putting up with what we used to. And I look at my grandparents who a lot of them, you know, they, they just worked their way up. They got a job and they followed the instructions, which can be, re- it depends on your job, can yeah. be resourceful. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just going in and you're doing what you're told. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, if you want to create something big on your own without that the, the, that plan already laid out for you, you have to find your own resourcefulness. And so I think millennials can be looked at at very two yeah. very different ways. And some people use it as a use all of this as a crutch, and they're like, "Well, that person's not doing anything." And you're like, "You didn't see them build their YouTube channel yeah. to half a million. Yeah, just because you see them sitting down reaping the benefits now doesn't mean there was no work to get there." Yeah, that's a great point. And I was just at Global Leadership Summit last week, which was a it's a huge amazing leadership uh, uh, event that goes on annually and it's satellite fed to like all these different spots all over the globe. It's a, it's a, a global thing, right? Global leadership summit. And they talked a lot about, uh, one of the presenters talked about the, the generational, uh, I think it was called generational kinetics or something like that. And he was talking about all the different generations and how they have to be able to get along or work together or the differences between them. And it was fascinating stuff, humorous as well, because of the, the way he was playing them off of each other. And he was talking, though, about how uh, Gen Z, which is the youngest right now, the kids that are like in their late teens, early 20s, that's actually gener- Generation Z. The millennials are like the later 20s, you know, mid, mid, later 20s, early 30s. And that that um, group split into like two groups. And it was fascinating stuff. And he has all the data. His business, his company crunches the numbers for all this stuff. And it's very, you know, analytical and stuff. And he has facts to back up like all these all these uh, uh, things that he was presenting to us. But it was really interesting. And he was saying that the, the youngest 
kids now, the Gen Z, are actually going to like leapfrog a lot of the millennials because the some of that millennial approach to things, you know, that that wasn't working is frowned upon by half the millennial segment <laughs> and a lot of the Generation Z group. So it's pretty. It's just in, it's so interesting, right? Because you got baby boomers, you got Gen X, which is me, uh, and then you know you keep going down the line, and we all. Our perspectives are also different, you know, but we're all living in in the world as it is today, right? So we all have to, you know, find ourselves, find our way. We all like to criticize the younger yes. generations, yes. but really, when you look at it, it's the evolution of our species, right? Like our, we are learning more, and we have access to all this stuff, and technology is surging, and we're on this brink. And so, I like to look at younger generations, and my first thought is often criticism because that's how our brains work right but i very consciously try to see the good in all of those things and it's like okay i know i'm not seeing the whole picture what can i learn from this and you can learn so much from younger people thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast if you find our show helpful in any way please let us know by leaving a five-star review on itunes go to strongbydesignpodcast.com Your review will help us reach more listeners and continue to change lives. Let's get back to the show. I think so much of us out there, like we want to share our thoughts, our feelings. We want to, but we don't ever really like just kind of stop talking and just let someone else like go deep on something and and really hear them. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Don't just listen to people, hear people. Like what are they trying to say? You know, like, if if you want to get in the mind, inside the mind or inside the, the emotion of someone at a, a certain age or, a, you know, then how much time do you put in, like, listening to them, you yeah. know, and, and hearing their message, hearing their voice, hearing their feelings about things and, and trying to to see things, you know, the, the per, it's the perspective thing, you know. You don't know someone until you walk a mile in their shoes kind of thing, right? And it's like... You know, we all have our own upbringing and our own path that we've taken. But until you can really know what someone else's path looks like, you know, it's, it's hard to make judgments on that. I like to play a game in my head where I pretend no matter what, when I feel that judgment coming up, yeah. like, oh, God, <laughs> you know, yeah. when I feel that judgment coming up, I pretend that whatever they're about to say is absolute truth and my only job is to be their attorney and prove it for them. And so <laughs> if you're trying to be somebody's attorney and they're explain, explaining something, it's going to lead you to asking better questions, fill those gaps in your mind instead of putting the shield up. Where can you learn more about the full picture of why they fully believe this thing? Mm. And it's a lot of fun because we think that like we have something to prove in order to I need to get my point across right now or I'm going to lose it somehow. But you're not. Like You can be somebody different in every conversation and you will grow much more if you go into each conversation knowing that there's something about this that could possibly change me and I'm going to learn what it is. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that, that yeah, that open-mindedness is, is so big. And it's funny because the, the culture we're in today, right, is a lot of have people, you know, be more open-minded, you know. But I think... In, in an effort for to, to spread that message, there's been a lot of closed-mindedness mi- happening, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like at some point, there there needs to be 
you know, a, a shift. And I don't know if it's a, if just something that comes with, with age, you know, wis, wisdom does come with experience and with age. But, you know, I also come across some people in their 20s and 30s that, that are pretty brilliant and pretty amazing, you know. So, and I've met some real dodos in their 40s and 50s. <laughs> so it's not always entirely true, you know. But uh, so, what are some of your best tips maybe for the listener right now to become more bold? And I love what you were talking about with Dr. Aziz, and I wrote this down. Being authentic doesn't mean being mean. You can be honest, sincere, and still be nice while letting someone else down and saying no. So, you know, maybe what are some tips uh, that you could give the listener to do that effectively where they they feel good and, and the person on the other side is walking away also feeling, you know, content at least with the message? Yeah, you know, I really like to kind of state why I'm saying no. Not just a no, but like I am working towards this thing that's important to me. So I I can't get to this right now. Come back to me later. Something along those lines. When you say no to somebody, it's not just shutting them down. It's giving them permission to do the same thing for what's important in their life. Mm. And when you really realize that everything that we do, if everybody around you always said yes to you, you would not think you could say no to somebody because you'd be like, that's rude. No one ever does it. And so the more that you can, when we understand why we're doing something, it also is makes it a lot easier for us to do it. And so when I have realized there's some sort of resistance in any area of my life, I have made it a really big habit to challenge it, to ask myself why, to figure out, wait, is this really benefiting me? Is it not? Is it mean to do? Whatever it is, I will analyze those things. And I think it's part of our job in this human experience to constantly be doing that. There's so much endless stuff to discover about ourselves. And so when you find something like that, challenge it, ask yourself why. And when you find that why, I mean, we've heard it a million times, start with why, all the things, but there's a reason for that. It's really hard to have motivation to do anything if you don't know why you're doing it. And that includes those little intricacies within any mission. It's not just why you're starting your business. It's why is it important for me to create a structure, to create structure and discipline in my day? Why is it important to me to get a good night's rest? How am I going to show up as a better version of myself if I'm lighting myself up? Those things are so important. And so to let that shine through, don't get angry at the person for asking you. Just say, I have this that I'm working on. That will give them permission to do that themselves and it'll inspire them also. Yeah. It's also really cool when you look at those inspiring people, they're not the ones saying yes to everything. No. They're the ones that have the structure and you feel great to have a sliver of their time. Become those people that inspire you. Yeah, absolutely right. And a lot of the, the, the great leaders out there and, and the people that I've I've followed, whether it was a podcast or uh, a, a book, you know, an audio book or uh, somebody that's just an, an online marketer that does some of what we do at Critical Bench, is they prioritize things, they time block things, they create agendas for themselves, right? And that instantly right there gives them permission to say no to things because they have a number one priority tomorrow. Clarity. They, yeah. they have clarity. They have a number two thing. And they, and they, okay, in the afternoon, I have some openings. I have some spots here. So no, I can't do this at X, Y, and Z, but I can do it here or on this day at this time. And, and then you're, you're, you're valuing the time that you have for yourself and you're, you're not robbing yourself of, of that 
that priority and putting the time in for that. But the why is so important. Like why, you know, why, why are you, why is that, is that time meaningful? Why is it important that you devote an hour to, you know, writing a thousand words in the morning when you first get up? Well, if you're a writer, (laughs) writing's important. So that should maybe be one of the first things you do. So you have to say no to other things that would, would, would prevent you from, putting your best effort during that time. I lay out my whole schedule. I try, I've been trying to do it for the week now, actually, Mm. so that I can put in my yoga times and all of that stuff. So I know I'm getting to the things that are really important to me. I schedule in meditation. I even schedule in an hour from noon to one to lay out in the sun and read a book because it's my favorite way to read. And so you can also schedule out the things that are the little rewards that make having that structure a lot more fun. And I find that helpful. And when you do that though, it helps you to not only manage your time, but also to move towards your goals because you're scheduling that stuff in. I do a whole dump of my, okay, this big goal that's coming up, I will dump out of my brain every single thing that I can think of. And then I start picking them off and, and narrowing them down to little 15 minute increments. And I make sure that I do every single one of those or a couple of them every single day. And I think sometimes we forget that a huge proponent to our happiness is making progress towards anything. Mm -hmm. I did this episode with Sarah Wells, who's an Olympic hurdler just recently. Yeah. I'll have to go back and listen to that. I I saw that in the feed and I was like, Ooh, I'll have to, it's really good. Yeah. So she went through a period of time where she got injured and she couldn't run. Like she couldn't even walk to the grocery store. Like she was supposed to be basically on bed rest because she be- broke her femur or something crazy like that, which is the worst nightmare for a runner. Right. So imagine that, especially because she started so young. That was her whole identity for a really long time. And what she, I asked her what she did during that time to not completely give up on the goal. And what she did was she still tracked progress in a journal, just not writing out like, dear diary, this is what I felt today. But she would do reps or arms or swimming, whatever it was. And she would make sure that she was constantly improving and combine that with visualizations of actually running. And when she got back on that track, she still made progress. And so if she, she told me if she wasn't having some sort of mental idea of making progress during that time, Mm -hmm. she would have lost it. Thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast. If you're enjoying today's show, please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. It's checking the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And which is such a a great and simple and usually in life, the simple way. (laughs) It might not be easy, but it might be, but it might be very simple. The simple way is the best way. And that could be, like you just said, do a brain dump, write out 15, 20, 25 things that you want to get accomplished in you know, weeks or a month's time and put a little box next to it. And as you start checking these boxes off, it, it builds, it, it, it's a progression, right? It builds momentum. And once you, you make those, that progress and you're like, man, this is, this is all, I'm getting somewhere with my life, you know, it starts small, start with three things, you know, yeah. and, and once you check those things off and you can throw that card out because you got that stuff done, now you can move on to bigger lists. And that's kind of how we go about planning our day 
at our offices for all, all of us that are there is, you know, we have regular meetings and huddles talking about this, like agenda setting and prioritizing and, 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 and getting things done on at deadlines or before the deadline, you know, and, and it's, it's a, once you get those small victories, they just build on each other. And track those small wins because just recently I was kind of traveling a lot and I was going through a slump and I just felt like, I was losing some of my motivation. I felt discouraged. And what I realized that was my structures and my habits were kind of slipping and I stopped tracking my wins. And so I was starting to think that everything was not going very well. And so I sat down and I wrote off what has actually happened in the last few weeks. And I was like, wait, I've made a lot of progress. And it makes a huge difference because our brains have a natural negativity bias. If we aren't consciously tracking our wins, what our brains do subconsciously is it tracks everything negative. It takes note of those things. And that was something the way our brain developed for survival back in the day, but it's not necessarily as needed. So I found that the more I can actually understand my human, understand this machine that's like taking me through this life, the easier it is to actually work because I don't have to identify with those feelings of defeat or negativity. I don't have to think, why am I so negative? I just have to figure out the ways to counteract the things that my brain's naturally going to do. That's right. Yeah, it's such a. I, I always have like an analogy when it comes to that focusing on the the good things, the the positives in your life versus the negatives. Because we can all, you know, it almost seems like a more natural thing to focus on where we failed, mm. our mistakes, where we screwed up. And you you could think like if you're a football player and you're a running back for a team and you had a a game, you ran for a hundred yards, you scored three touchdowns. You also fumbled the ball once, and that one turnover was like the, the kind of the, the, the shift in the game, and then your team lost. And then you almost do the blame game on yourself where it's like, man. And it's like, but look, look, what, look at what you did in that game to have an amazing game, and then that one crucial mistake is what you're focused on now. Yeah. And that's where a lot of us live in our life is we, we live in those mistakes and that we don't see them for for really what they are. It's just a something to learn from and to grow from, you know. Because we don't we don't really grow if we're always winning, right? If we're, if we're always winning, we don't grow as much as when we lose. So look at the losses and the no's as positives, and that 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 can lead to better things. Yeah, you know, like you know, it's WD forty for a reason, right? Because it was WD one, WD two, WD thirty. How many times have you told that dad joke? I, I've never. <laughs> no, that's that's truth. That's real. You didn't know I that. Didn't know that. WD forty is because WD one through thirty nine didn't work, <laughs> and that's why the name stuck because it was an original name. It was like you know what. And I forget what the W and the D stand for. <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, it's a cool like story. that's like a pretty. You know, you say WD forty to somebody, they're they're thinking all kinds of stuff. I can use that to fix this. Yeah. I can use that. Yeah, that's what it is. Learn that's what life new is. Every day. Yeah, I am gonna have so. I'm gonna be so much more inspired when I grease my hinges these days. I'm telling you, <laughs> that little blue and yellow bottle with the red nozzle. I mean, everyone knows it yeah. because, and it's just a, a simple silly name but that's what life is about right and i wanted to just end because i i I always find it fascinating and i i alluded to it earlier right it's like what happens to us as children is like we either get beyond it or it kind of just like is something that just keep holds us back right but if we 
if we can live a little bit more like children or see the world like children see it. Uh, I wrote uh, on my yellow note paper here that uh, what we can learn from children, they like what they like, and they're typically very honest about it unless that's suppressed by people in their life when they're younger. But, you know, kids are so honest. Like if you ask a four-year-old or a five-year-old or a six-year-old, what what they think about something they'll they'll just tell it to you you know much better than like an adult yeah and i think we need to you know within reason see the world a little bit more like a child sees it and and approach it that way with you know our imagination and our you know desire to learn and be sponges and 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 uh and i think it just it creates so much more fun in life, if you if you live it that way, and and being honest to other people, and and setting yourself up for success, and wanting to move your body, I think that's a oh huge my gosh. thing. Like that's huge. I love living in Santa Monica because there's basically a giant adult playground, and the most inspiring athletes in the world are out there training, and it's so cool. Yeah. My husband's actually training right now. Just. He decided last week that he's going to beat the world record for doing the human flag. He can do it for 35 seconds right now. And oh it's gosh. only at one a minute and five seconds that he's got to beat. You're so, kidding. Yeah. He's, and he just started doing it like a year ago. <laughs> so it's kind of incredible. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I want to like I want to have him on the show once he's like a Guinness World Record holder. <laughs> Definitely, he's pretty. Incredible. I mean, that's that's amazing. He was the, on American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> no kidding. Six, yeah. Was he really? Yeah, he only got brief airtime, but yeah. Um, yeah, but does he still pursue that stuff? I mean, besides the flag, like is he still doing like a lot of that kind of training? Obviously, to strengthen his body uh, with body weight movement. It's what he does for fun. Yeah, he's not really trying to be on a reality show anymore. Right, I mean, right. he does websites for nonprofits. So, <laughs> but he's f- obviously physically gifted, but yeah. w- has worked at it for a long time. Well, that's so cool, though. What a fun, like, silly <laughs> thing, right? It's so funny. I remember, I remember, like back in the day when that became a thing, like people doing these flag. You know, you find these pictures. And people are like, oh, he's putting his foot on top of something. You know, it's like an illusion. You know, yeah. like, no, people really can do that. You know, it's <laughs> it's an amazing, you know, it's a, a trained skill to be able to do it. But obviously a certain amount of strength. He must be very fit, very fit. Yeah. And yeah. he says he has a big head, so it balances it out. <laughs> <laughs> he's got huge head <laughs> and like, small legs, right? Yeah, yeah, the center of gravity shifted Oh, my gosh, something. that's so great. But that's- I did find he loves that whole, like, acting like a kid. And one of the things yeah. that we do together because sometimes it's hard to get into the child mindset because we've forgotten what it's like to be a child. We have, we have yeah. decades of conditioning not to do those things, that, to grow up and to start adulting. Well, what I've found is a little bit easier sometimes that kind of hacks that same mindset is pretend you're traveling. Like the amount of times we'll walk through Santa Monica and it's so easy to just be disillusioned with the everyday. Say, imagine if this apartment that we live in every day was an Airbnb. We'd be stoked on it. Yep. Imagine if this is the first time we were walking down the street. Because that's what really it is with children. They're having new experiences yep. one after the other. So how can you make an old experience feel new again? Mm. What can you zone into? What can you take notice of? And those those are the things that really get me into the child mindset. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad you shared that. That's so true. It's like, see things as they were when you first saw them. You yeah. know, and if you can... And in, in relationships, how important is that, right? Like, try to, like, come to that relationship with the same ex- excitement that you had when you initially met that person, you know? And 
And uh, no, that's fantastic. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for being on the Strong by Design podcast. Where are some of the places that our listeners can find you? Where would you like to to, to send some of our amazing listeners to, to hear more of you? Well, you can find my podcast, Mind Love, on any of your favorite podcast platforms. That's Mind Love, two words. Or you can go to mindlove.com. Or you can follow me on social at mindlovemelissa. Yes, and I already have. Um, I think I went on. I went on as Critical Bench, and I followed you. And I think I went on as my as myself and followed you as well. So you just you gained a few followers today <laughs> for sure. But uh, definitely go check that out, guys. Mind Love Podcast with Melissa Monti, and she is doing great things. Pat Flynn obviously had a, a lot of tremendous things to say about you today, and. And thank you so much for being here and sharing, uh, you know, some of what you've been learning here. Obviously, not just in the last year and a half. This has been, you know, something that you've been developing over a period of years, obviously. And, and thank you for, you know, getting a little bit personal and letting our listeners in on, you know, the, the struggles and, and those difficulties that we can face as young people uh, over time. With, you know, there's, there can be healing and we can overcome that as long as we surround ourselves with the right people and, and, and put ourselves in a, in a position to, 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 to gain some momentum and get those little victories in our life and come to places like this to be inspired to, to, do, to do more and to impact others. So it's been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you for saying yes. And thank you, listeners, for another wonderful Strong by Design podcast. I look forward to giving you more of what we do here at Critical Bench, making you stronger in your mind, your body, and your spirit. Have a tremendous rest of the week, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you. 